you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Uh, several things I wanted to throw at you guys real quick. One, we wanted to let you know that tomorrow will be a significant day. Tomorrow will be the the end of our due diligence on the building that we're purchasing. We're pretty excited about. And so within one month from today, we'll be proud owners of a new building that we won't be moving into for, I don't know, 10 years. Who knows how long build-out takes. But uh, we'll get there. And uh, we, but we do want to remind you that, like, the, the, the fundraising process, like, like we said we were going to be fundraising for, for three months, uh, but that's really not true. Our, our financial board wanted to remind me to remind us all that we will be fundraising now for the next 30 years. And so um, <laughs> that won't end. And uh, uh, yes, sir. I'm not really good at talking about those things, but uh, really excited to see what God's doing. Over the last couple weeks, man, we've had some some bomb services here at The Way. We had a powerful service two weeks ago. It was our family uh, day, and we had all the kiddos in here, and they were down here worshiping with their little banners and doing their thing, and it's just a powerful uh, service. But then last week, if you uh, were not here or you're new to our church, uh, I give you permission to just check out right now, go online, and just watch last week's service. It was so good. I think it was the best service of the year, and uh, we had our youth takeover. And, uh, and I, I've been to a lot of churches in, over the years where, like, if they try to do a youth takeover, it's cute. And, you know, there's a lot of photos. Take. It was not cute. These kids, like, brought it. They were talking about the holiness of God. And, like, I was just like, man, I was weeping. I cried so I had a headache all day on Sunday last week. And uh, I'm just so proud of the youth. And it's largely because of moms. Uh, I, I'm so thankful to see what God is doing in the kids' lives. But it's really because of, of everything that the moms are doing and uh, what you have done and the investment that you've made. But if you didn't see last week's service, you need to check that out. But moms, today, this day is all about you. And so uh, I just want to say thank you. Uh, and I'll, you'll hear me say this more as we get into it. But, Teresa, I'm going to start off with a verse from Proverbs 31. And, man, I feel like they wrote about you. Uh, I could not have written this better uh, myself. And so um, I'm so thankful. to. See, we're going to read a verse about Teresa. Would you all stand to your feet? Um, Proverbs 31. If you don't know this, this is a, a woman of noble character. Proverbs 31, verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. And when she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and, su- and, and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. And There are many virtuous and capable women in this world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she does, and let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Jesus, I thank you for godly women, godly women that are raising up men and women of God. I thank you, God, for women that have learned to love because of the love that you put in their heart. These little creatures that come out ugly and messy and terrible, 
and you put a, a desire in them to sacrifice and persevere and sacrifice and persevere because of a dream, because they see greatness inside these little ones. Thank you for these women. Thank you for their sacrifices. We honor them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day. And before I go any further, uh, y'all need to know my mom is watching from Pennsylvania. And mom, I love you. I am so thankful for how you never lost hope in me. I was a mess and you saw great things in me. You taught me how to love human beings in a way that um, I, I, I can say that I learned how to love people because of you. And the first time I heard the gospel, I understood that Jesus loved me because of the pure love that came from you. And I love you, and I'm so thankful for you. Um, I want to lean into a couple tensions just before we even like go any further. Like I, I want to celebrate the moms in our church um, because... Like, honestly, this is an easy service because of everything you guys do. But I, So I don't want to just go the whole service and say, moms are great, moms are great, moms are great, moms are great, because there's a big gap. So what we want to do is make sure that we minister to everyone today and instead of just complimenting, right? But um, as we dive into this, I realize that there are a few tensions on the subject of Mother's Day. Uh, there are some that are here that have lost a family member uh, this uh, year or recently or over the past several years. And so Mother's Day can be just difficult. And uh, I want you to know that I empathize with you. And uh, what's hard is as um, a child of God, I answered the call of the Lord on my life about 23 years ago, and it caused me to move uh, from Pennsylvania away from my mom. And uh, I want you to know that one of the things that I found is the strength of the family of Christ. I mean that with every bit of me, like no one could ever replace your mom, right? But I want you to know no, one, no one's trying to, no one's trying to replace a, a son or daughter or any of those things. That, that, that feeling you have Christ, who is the fulfillment of the reconciliation that we'll have with that family member one day because of the promise that we have in Jesus, he also wept when his best friend Lazarus, or one of his best friends, died. And so I do know that loss is real. It's there. But I also know that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he looked at his mom and he said, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. And he gave the responsibility of new family to people that were not family. So John was not um, the son of Mary, and Mary was not the mother of John. But he gave them responsibility, and in that I have found mothers um, of so many different kinds in the family of Christ. And it has been so wonderful to be able to honor other women and see their strengths and their beauty and their wisdom and their strengths and their generosity because of the strength of family. And so if you have lack today because Mother's Day you've lost someone or, or you don't have that closeness to your family member, I want you to know that there's beauty here in the house of God. Let me introduce you to your family. And there are some really wonderful women that you could um, learn from and grow from. And they can bless you with wonderful dinners and meals and wisdom and discipline and rebukes and all the things that come with the great things that moms do. 
Uh, I'll say this to you here. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 through 50. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking him to speak. And someone told Jesus, hey, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. And Jesus asked, who's my mother and who are my brothers? Then he pointed at all his disciples and he said, look, these are my mother, my brothers. And anyone who does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother or sister and mother. I, I just think that that's important that we learn the value that this is our family since we have been born again and are in, our, are in Christ Jesus. And to learn to lean into that is important during times like this. Does that make sense? That's a, that's a tough tension for some folks. And you can find some beautiful strength there. Cool, let's move on. Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, Children, Micah, obey your parents. Because uh, you belong to the Lord, for this is right to do. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. My mom used to say, I brought you into this world and I can take you out, right? And so you honor them, you'll live longer, right? That's what the Lord's saying here, I think. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life here on this earth. That's what the scripture says. Uh, maybe they knew my mom when they wrote this, I don't know. Uh, but I do believe that that actually is a promise, that there is something to be said about people that learn how to live uh, with a culture of honor. When you can live with honor in your heart, it's because you don't live with bitterness and vile and ugliness. When you see people through the lens of their value, it prevents you from seeing the glass half empty. And there is a perspective that you can walk around in life with many reasons to not honor your parents, your brothers and sisters, your neighbors, the police, your teachers, your coworkers, or you can learn the beauty of valuing others. Does that make sense to you? And so uh, there is a promise that's attached to honoring your father and mother, and I think that's just the first fruit of learning life. When you learn to honor your father and mother, you learn to honor your husband and wife. You learn to honor your children. You learn to honor everyone. But it starts with the most important and significant people in our life. How are you doing honoring your mother and father? Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 says, honor your mother. And uh, in Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 through 5, it kind of really defines the strength of a woman and really what it looks like to love. This is talking about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to put it on the screen. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking out to the own interest, but each of you for the interest of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And this is really what moms do so best, which is why this should be an important value today in our culture, Moms have learned how to put others above themselves like no one else, especially here within our community. And that's why we're raising such great men and women of God right now. Because sleepless nights, moms sign up for these things. Kids have a fever, and I, like, I just want you to know, I don't know all the dads in the room, but sorry, Trey, all the nights that I had good sleep when you stayed up. Um, I sleep very well all the time. My wife is really great. 
sleepless nights, the sacrifice, uh, the, the, the clothes that they care about, that the kids have, all the needs and nurturing, the disciplines, the education, all of the things that are wrapped up in who a child is, moms have thrown themselves into, we are going to make these kids great. They look out accidentally for the interest of the children. And this is really what it takes like not to just be a mom, but what is important because we see this in Christ and it becomes our calling to do this to mankind. We are, whether or not you are, uh, Courtney, you're a new mom here. You are not just the mother of that baby. You are the mother of my child and this child and this child and this child. We are mothering a generation, fathering a generation. We are leading people to understand what we first learned and found and met at Christ. And so these women that have held these little babies in their womb learned a bond. And that really is what the heartbeat of God that he's trying to instill all of us is that that creation that grew inside of you is the same creation that has been multiplied seven billion times. It's the heart of the Father. And he's trying to put in us that he cares about humanity and everyone. And so, women, I'm, I'm so thankful that you've modeled how to love and how to sacrifice. And I want to lean into that. What does that look like for us? And uh, so I want to lean into the second tension that I kind of get a sense of here. Let me read a verse first. Honor her above all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. It was Abraham Lincoln that said this, all I am or could ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. In perfect definition, all I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. So let me lean into the second tension today. I don't know how great your relationship is with your mom. Some of you have some childhood deficiencies or scars or hurts because of what mom didn't do or did do. And while we could spend the whole day talking about how great moms are, I want you to know that your parents are also human, and they have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And sometimes that sin fell on you, and it hurt, and it hurt bad. But what Abraham Lincoln said that all I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my mom. If you're breathing today, it's because your mom did what many are not doing today, and they chose life. And if nothing else, thank you. Because we exist because she carried and didn't sleep at night. Can I get an amen from all the moms? I remember when Trey had, when she was pregnant with Micah, and she had to have like seven weird pillows, like just so she can like sleep for 30 minutes, and then she'd be up again, you know. And all the things that moms did, she chose life. And so, uh, man, those pillows were so funny. Someone made money on that nonsense. All right, what are some of the weird tensions? Um, I do recognize that some of you have have um, the difficulty of, of a situation. And so how do you learn to obey this commandment, this one of these 10 commandments that would give you the benefit of a long, beautiful life? How do you learn the culture of honor where there currently is hurt or offense or any of these other things that, that may exist? And so we're trying to move from moms are great to how do I honor well, I, I, I want you to know that there is a scenario where you have to recognize it, that things did go wrong. Um, 
I, I only know love because of the love that my mom had for me. And when I was a, a complete rebel, she looked at me still with grace. When I realized the love that Jesus had for me, he loved me while I was still yet a sinner. He knew me in the worst version of you. He knew you in the worst version of you, is what I meant to say. And yet he loved you. That is a beautiful kind of love because I think sometimes our view or perspective of a person gets stuck in their worst moment. Does that make sense? They did this, and so they are that. One of the things that I love about Teresa is we have a, a statement that we say often in our home, uh, probably comes out weekly. Micah, can you say it loud and proud? Your what? Your who is not your do. And unintentionally, we can get stuck on an opinion of a coworker because they did, and so they are. And this is a terrible thing because we didn't learn that from Christ. We learned that from people, but we adopted that principle into our life. And it's dangerous and, and reckless, really, because what it does is hurt people. What happens? Hurt people. And so because you've been hurt, now you choose to give more hurt back. And somewhere, you got to break the cycle. There's a wonderful book on marriage called Love and Respect. And it talks about this crazy cycle where every man wants to be respected and every woman wants to be loved. And so what happens is that when men are loved or when men are respected, they give love. And when women are, are, are loved, they give respect. But what happens is when a man feels disrespected, he stops giving love. And when a woman stops getting love, she starts disrespecting and it gets worse and worse and worse. And someone has to choose to break the cycle. And so... What I know is that in life, sometimes we have an ability to learn dishonor. What I mean by that is that right now, whether you realize it or not, you're being infiltrated with discord. It is being sown on a daily basis into our uh, cognitive thinking that, that it, it's so rooted in us that we don't even know because the enemy is a deceiver and he sows discord constantly trying to make you divide it from other people. But that's the mission of life is to be united with people. We want to love the way Christ loved. We want to be close to people so we can have influence. But he's constantly sowing discord. Let me just try to watch the news for five minutes without them trying. They're not trying to tell you what they're doing anymore. All they're trying to do is discredit the other person. Trying to say that person did this and so they are a bad person. But that's not the way the Lord sees them. And so if the Lord doesn't see them that way, why would we? And it's on... TV shows, American Idol, all of these things. Like we, We've learned to study the flaws in mankind rather than the good things that make them great. So how do you honor somebody? I think the first step in honoring is to recognize what is good in them. And if, if, we're, if we have current, it all has to start. All love in our lives starts with our ability to honor our parents. 
And out of that stems all terrible things. I, I love to remind my children that the way that they value each other will one day be the way that they value their spouses, right? We believe this. And so what we want to do is we want to teach how to share, how to be kind, how to be low, how to humble ourselves, how to make other people great, because it's in this that marriage works and family works and kindness works. And mothers are instinctively great at it because they had to carry for nine months putting themselves last, not being able to eat or not, you know, they're constantly uh, nauseous and without sleep and, you know, and sacrificing financially. They, they sacrificed before the baby was even born. Thank you, mothers. Again, I'm going to say this like eight times today. But in ourselves, we have to learn how one, how to see others the way that Christ sees them. And so there is a tension when there is a, a dishonor currently happening in our life. I think it's because we have identified them through the wrong lens. And so I don't want... I think I just got a word from the Lord. We judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intent right? So I can justify what I did because of what I was trying to do, but I don't know your intent. I only know your action. So we think that we have the right to define who you are because of what you did. Don't do that. Remember, two scriptures. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We love each other because he first loved us. And so we learn to love because God loved us in the worst part of our moment. So if you can take away some of the bad things that happen, can you still recognize the great things in them? Can you still recognize that that person deserves to be honored because the Lord loves them, because Jesus gave his life for them? And it's with this that we learn how to love and how to honor. Can you imagine what the world would look like if we didn't have honor? And that's why the church is so important in society that's breeding and growing selfishness. Because we are the standard to generosity and forgiveness and kindness. Let me read you a passage here. I think the first thing that we have to do in order to learn how to honor others is learn how to prioritize people. Romans chapter 10, verse 12, verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love and honor one another above yourself. Did you catch that? It's about honoring them above ourself. The hard part is people that we're called to honor are generally, uh, we, it's easy to honor the people that are above us because we see their great things, like an athlete. You honor people often because they're better athletically than you. But how do you honor people that are not better than you? Really, no one is better or worse than each other. We just put each other on these weird tiers as if we think that somehow we arrived, right? Honor each one another above one another. Now watch this. This is a beautiful passage of scripture about Philippi in Philippians chapter 2 about Jesus. It's going to take me a little bit of time to read it to you, uh, but I... I think if you don't hear anything else today, this would probably be the coolest thing to read. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Yeah. All right, cool. 
Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are there any tender hearts of compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish, verse 3. Don't try to impress others, but be humble. Thinking of yourselves, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now this is a difficult thing to do in life, but if you're going to honor anyone, you have to think of them as better than you. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others also. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And this is what moms do so good, right? They put the interest of the child before their own. They eat last. They sleep last. They wake up first. They wash the clothes. They do the dishes. They do, like, they're, they're always taking care. Their interest is last, and that's it's truly honor. Though he was God, they're talking, but you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, verse 6. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, and he took on the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. Then he, he appeared in human form, and he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of honor, the highest honor, and he gave him the name above all names. Here's what I love about this passage. You have to learn to prioritize people. Check this out. Jesus, who literally is above all of us, made himself lower than all of us. God became a man, became a servant, became a slave, died a criminal's death so that we would be lifted up. If you want to honor people, make sure that when you look at people, you let them know that they're doing great things. And you see the great moments in them. And that's what I love that my mom had the ability to do to me, is that when I was in the depth of my darkness, my mom still saw the best part of me. And this is going to take the Holy Spirit at work in your life, but we are God's people and His Spirit lives in us. And so it's worth practicing. This is our greatest objective, to love others more than ourselves. It's the second commandment. And so what we're trying to do is how do we figure out how do I look at each one of us and see that, that place of honor rather than recognizing what they did wrong and lowering them because that's what pride does. Pride boasts in ourselves. If we are tearing others down, what we're doing is lifting ourselves up. But what Christ did was he, he lowered himself and lifted others up. Do you see what I'm saying here? And this is what moms have an ability to do. Moms are always going to see, when, when you're at your worst, they're always going to see the best in you. And they're always going to sacrifice their life to make sure that you are greater than them. The greatest moms in this church right now are sacrificing to make sure that their kids live greater lives than they did. I remember when I uh, had this pastor, his name was Patsy, and he made it made clear to me that he, the vision for his life was that I would become a greater pastor than him. And I was like, that sounds crazy. Why, would, why wouldn't you want to be great? Everyone I ever known in, in any sport or in any arena of life, they wanted to be the best. And what he wanted was that he would, like he used to say, it would be like um, in the roller derby, like the roller skating 
um, things that people do when you grab someone when you're roller skating and then you slingshot them ahead of you. The objective in life is to make sure that our kids outlive us, like they do greater things beyond us. And what we want to do is create a society where we're loving people with such ways that we want everyone to do greater things than us. And it's at that moment that Christ lowered himself to death on a cross that the Father in heaven elevated him to the greatest seat in all of heaven and in all of earth. There is honor in humility. There is honor in generosity. There is honor in kindness. There is honor in honor. And we want to make sure that if you're in a season of life where honor is difficult for you to do, there's no deficiency here. Christ looks at you and he sees the call of God on your life and the great things in you. Does that make sense? Two other things I'm going to get to that I'm going to, I'm going to get to do. Man, I'm so thankful. Our service is like on time today. And so I get to like talk for an extra hour right now. This is really good, you know. Mm, praise the Lord. Second thing I want you to do, to, I want you first to prioritize others. The second thing I want you to do is protect them. Protect them with your tongue. You need to know the way you talk about people is a difficult habit to break. You can really easily get into a habit of tearing people down. Watch this. James chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. With the tongue we praise the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. For out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, this should not be so. We can't honor God and curse people. We honor people and we honor God. We honor people and we honor God. We honor people and we honor God. And so I know that people have done some things that you saw, but choose to see the God-given gift inside of them, what makes them special before the Lord, because he still sees it. Even though they're a sinner, Christ still died for them. Uh, the Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 and 30, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs and that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I love that that end verse is attached to that statement. He's saying unwholesome talk about others will grieve the Holy Spirit. You just got to hear that. If you're good at letting your mouth tell everyone how sucky that person is, when you know that grieves the spirit in you, and there's one thing I don't want to do. I don't want to hurt the Holy Spirit. I want to be close to him. I want to know him. I want, my, I, want to be, I want him to be welcome around me at all times. But when I'm speaking ill of other people, he, 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 he don't want to be there. Like that, that's not how I see that person. And I, like, let me explain to you this way. Uh, there's a dude that goes to our church that says, like, I don't know how I felt about you in the past, but when you're kind to my kids, I love you. Say it this way. When you're talking poorly about my children or my wife, I got a problem with you. You know what I'm talking about? I, got, like, I don't really like you all that much right now. And when the Holy Spirit is in your company and you're speaking illy about his sons and daughters, he don't like it either. And we got to learn to see people the way he wants to see them if you're ever going to fulfill the mission that he wants to do in and through you, in them. Because he's trying to partner with you. All right, cool. I have one more point and we're done. 
Uh, the last thing you need to know is that you should pray for them. One thing I have learned that I have learned that I have learned that I learned is uh, uh, my old spiritual prayer partner used to say this to me all the time. Whenever I'd have a I'd have a problem with someone, he'd say, "Are you praying for him?" Nope. <laughs> he'd ask me a lot, "Are you praying for that person? Are you praying for that person?" You know what I I know that I know that I know. It's really hard to be upset with someone that you're praying for. If your marriage is having a hard time right now. I wonder, you praying for them? Because when you stop praying for someone, it's easier to create judgment. But when you're praying God's blessing over someone, your heart starts lining up with what the Lord wants to do in their life. And it's like you're, you're seeing mission, purpose, responsibility, vision. When you stop, it's like you drift. Jesus said um, that we should bless those that curse us. And so there are people in your life that the Lord wants you to honor. And for some reasons, we've created enemies in our life. Enemies could be police officers, teachers, lawyers, doctors. I don't know who these enemies are, but I want you to know that the Lord said that you should bless your enemies. And your enemy could be your parents. And I want you to be blessed and have a long life and prosper. And that happens when we learn to honor and bless mom. Is that good? Here are eight things I pulled off the internet that I'm going to end with this. This is just cool. I just like this. It's not scriptural. It's just cool. You can probably find a scripture for all of them. I didn't want to waste your time. One, recognize what makes them special. If you're trying to honor somebody, recognize what makes that person special. Two, Pay them compliments. Three, treat them with respect. Four, be understanding. Five, be patient. If you want to honor someone, be patient. I don't like that one. Uh, Six, ask questions if you want to honor someone. Seven, get good at overlooking mistakes if you want to honor somebody. And the last one is learn to forgive. So I close with this. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes? Women, I celebrate what you're doing in your life, raising your children. Grandparents, I celebrate your sacrifices that you've made and the prayers that you're offering up on a daily basis. Thank you for making a way and setting an example for us. All of us here in this room have made mistakes. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And some of us are living in a place that's fallen short. Our life isn't right with God. We can tell by the way we love others or treat others. That's not who you want to be, and it's not what you want to do. Today, you want to make a change in your life. And you know that this change would honor your mother, and it would honor the Lord. If you're here today and every head to bow and every eyes are closed and you're saying, Pastor, I, um, would you pray for me? I want to make some changes in my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Man, it's so awesome. God bless you, 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 God bless you. Jesus, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would come and fill this room right now. I'm thankful that I've been loved that I've been blessed, that I've been taken care of, that I 
I have everything that I need. I've eaten. I've cleaned clothes. Life is good. And I thank you for those that have invested in me to get to this place. More importantly, Jesus, I thank you that you invested in me to get to this place. You never gave up on me. You never quit on me. Holy Spirit, you're still active in my life. And if I invite you right now to come into my life, forgive me of my sin and empower me to live for you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. In Jesus' glorious name. And all God's people said. I love you guys. A couple things we want to end with. One, if you're uh, here for the first time or first time in a while, um, there are some people at the back of the church that want to meet you. We have a special gift for you. Um, And then also we will have some prayer partners down front today that we want to pray over anything that's going on in your life. Um, Our church birthday is coming up in two weeks out at Lake Parker. It's one of the coolest things that we do. There'll be a few hundred of us there having a potluck. It'll be really cool. You're going to want to note that on your calendar and me and Mike are going to destroy some people in cornhole that day, apparently, too. And then, ladies, before you leave, we want you to know that um, all women, we have a gift for you at the door on your way out. We love you and are so thankful for the way that you love. You are a symbol of the Holy Spirit to all of us, and we're honored by you. Have a good day. Have a great day. Have a great Mom's Day. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.